creating in you a new heart. Thank you that with his creative power he is operating. He is healing your natural heart. Healing your spiritual heart. He's healing you of all your hurts. Soul ties, curses. Feelings of being driven away. The pressures and the persecutions. Just tell him how much you love him and adore Thank you, him. Lord. He's everything to me. Thank you, Lord. He's everything to me. You are the light that shines through the darkness. You're the wind that calms the heat. You're the voice that quiets the storms. You're the healer. Jesus. The meat of every need. I just worship you, Lord. I Jesus. Just thank you. Just turn to that person next to you and just hug them by the neck, shake their hands. Jesus. Just tell them I love you and the love, the of, love the of the Lord. The love of the Lord is flowing. It's flowing like a fountain. The love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. Flowing like a river in my soul Jesus, the love of the Lord The love of the Lord Flow through here, flow through this place Flow through this place Praise the name of the Lord. Well, we welcome you back tonight. Glad that you came. Hallelujah. Just bless some of those empty seats around you. Thank God that he's filling them up. Hallelujah. Uh, but we're just glad you're back. And what a beautiful, wonderful presence we have tonight. Hallelujah. So we welcome you. Uh, just some announcements. Ladies mentoring will be this Thursday uh, at 630. You can see my wife about that. She'll be having the ladies mentoring. Young at heart will be having a potluck. So good luck. Uh, September 25th is 6.30, and I'll be having a good time. Everybody over 50 is invited to that. Christian Couples Connection, bowling at Tiger Lanes, September 25th at 7 o'clock. So all the couples are invited to that, going to have an awesome time. And then uh, the uh, kids, Gracetown, is going to, uh, kids are going to have a bake sale sept Sunday, September 27th, after the AM service. So please sign up in the foyer if you can help with any uh, cakes or pies. And then Bound for Life will be going this, uh, going September 26th, meeting here at 8.30, and uh, going to Shreveport to intercede on behalf of the, the babies, the innocent lives in front of that abortion clinic. So if you want to be a part of that, that is something to do. You can look on the website, get more information. If you have your Bibles, please work with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. How many love him tonight? Oh, hallelujah. How many have been meditating all day? My heavenly Father is slow to anger. Isn't that something to meditate on? Wow. God is so good. 
James chapter 1 verse 5. It's real interesting here. I know you know the scripture, but it says, If any, thank God the word says any, of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. I want you just to write this down quickly, just a few things about the word. The word lack means any kind of deficit or shortage. The word lack means any type of deficit or shortage. And the word wisdom there means special insight or enlightenment. And when you study this word uh, and you're going through something you like, for example, wisdom will be the reversal of any type of shortage. If you're going through something, it will be the reversal of lack. It will be the reversal of pain. It will be the reversal of suffering. Not only do we ask the Lord and believe and move out in faith, but we have to move out in wisdom. Say with me, wisdom. wisdom. You know, the Word of God throughout says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, with all thy getting, get understanding, get revelation, knowledge, get insight. And, you know, for a lot of time, for years, you know, there's been a lot of revelation on faith. And thank God for faith. But you know what? A lot, faith without wisdom is unbalanced. And it's found lacking and wanting. And this word wisdom speaks of the reversal of lack. The, to get wisdom means to resolve. It's how you resolve problems. You know, we just ask God, Lord, give us wisdom. But what do you need wisdom for? He says, many times you ask amiss. What do you need wisdom for? Well, I've got to resolve some issues. Okay. How to deal with things. But also the word getting wisdom there means how to fix it. Fix you. How, to, how I co-place things that. I'm going to fix you. Well, that's what wisdom does. It fixes you. And the word ask. You need to write this down. This is interesting. The word ask means to demand assistance. Demand assistance. It means one asking with full expectation in receiving. Oh, I hope the Lord gives me wisdom how to resolve this issue. No, no, that's not what he's saying to He says, I am giving you an order to come before me and demand wisdom in how to resolve your issue. How to resolve the issues you're facing. Amen. The wisdom. I command you to command me. Demand, demand of me the wisdom in how to resolve and fix the issues that you're facing. Oh, how to reverse, how to deal, and how to fix it. How many have some areas to fix in your lives? Huh? How many got some family you need to fix some things with? Well, wisdom will help you fix these issues. And, uh, you know, we got Brother James Morgan. You know, he's a fix-it-all man, you know. And I just, whatever problem you got, he'll fix it most of the time. If you can't fix it, burn it down, but he'll fix it. But God's got a wisdom to fix any issues you've got. And he says, demand of me. Come before me expecting me to answer you. So I want to encourage you with these days that we live in and issues you may be facing. Just don't be saying, oh, God, what am I going to do? No, go before him. He says, Father, I come before you a throne. I don't even need an appointment. I come before you asking you, expecting that you will give to me liberally the amount of all your mind, your wisdom, your knowledge in how to understand and how to fix this issue. I'm, you are not called to live a life with unbroken issues. If you're going to live a life that's victorious, you're going to be able to fix the issues that are broken and, and, and corrupt right now and make them complete and whole because that's where God gets the glory in your life getting fixed. Amen. So with us, just come forward. Lord, we praise you right now for a spirit of wisdom, enlightenment, understanding. 
Thank you, Father, Lord God, that, Lord, we don't only ask for it, but we expect it to be operating tonight, tomorrow, in every area. Thank you, Lord God. You even said, I'm not leaving you as children that are abandoned or orphaned, but I will send my Holy Spirit. And with Him will come the teacher, the guidance, and the wisdom. How to act prudently and how to fix issues and how to resolve the things that surround your life. And Lord, we praise you for that and we give you the glory and honor and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints. Same power that conquers the grave lives in me, lives in me. Your love rescue the earth that lives in me, lives in me. Same power that conquered the grave lives in me, lives in me. Your love that rescue the earth that lives in me, lives in me. The same power. They conquer the grave lives in me, lives in me. Your love, Lord, your love, the rescue the earth lives in me, lives in me. Yeah. The same power. Conquer the grave and lives in me. Lives in me. Come on, John, with us now. Declare now. Your love rescue the earth and lives in me. Lives in me. Lives in me, Jesus. Yes, Lord. The same power. They conquer the grave that lives in me, lives in me. Your love, love, your love, love. your love. They rescue the earth that lives in me, lives in me, Lord, lives in me, Lord. Yes, Lord, yeah. The same power. Let conquer the grave lives in me, lives in me. Your love, yes, Lord, your love, rescue the earth lives in me, lives in me. Lift up your voices, just the drums sing the same power, same power. They conquer the grave lives in me. It lives in me, yes, Lord. Your love now, your love. Rescue the earth lives in me. Lives in me. Lives in me, Jesus. The same power. They conquer the grave and lives in me, 
lives in me. Your love, I'm sing it now. Your love, it rescues the earth, lives in me. Lives in me one more time now. Lift your voice and sing. Same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Lives in me. Your love, Lord. Your love that rescued the earth lives in me. Lives in me. Praise Him for the love, for His power. Rules over death, sin in the grave. Hallelujah. Just think about that power for a moment. Just close your eyes and meditate on that power for just a moment. Just take a meditation break right now. And just meditate on that power. Just think about that power. Sister Sherry sang a song a while ago about my soul. Thanks on you. Just meditate on that power that left the tomb empty. Heaven satisfied. The price paid. And eternity established. Think about that power that overcame hell, death in the tomb. Lives in you. Every cell, every fiber. Just praise Him. Oh, hallelujah, that He is uncomparable. No situation, no problem, nothing that's staring you in the face. As we saw this morning, the God that delivers from the jaw of the lion and from the paw of the bear the same God that delivers you for what you're confronting now. Oh, hallelujah. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the throne, King of kings and Lord of lords. Allow your tongue that so many times holds poison. Allow your tongue to worship the name of Christ. <laughs> Just loose your tongue and sing praises and tell them, I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I adore you. I sell out to you, Jesus. Speak his name and the holiness and virtue of his name. Allow your tongue to be healed. Allow your mouth to be touched by his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, just take a moment and allow. Your tongue needs a healing. Any doubtful, negative, vain words. Praise the name of Jesus. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, our King. The words of our mouth, ha, ha, ha. The deep thoughts. Let my mind, my thoughts submit to His Lordship. 
Oh, hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We will make our boast in thee and be glad. Hallelujah to the Lord God Almighty. Cleanse our lips. Cleanse our tongue. Cleanse our heart. Let there be good treasures in our heart. <laughs> that we may speak forth good things. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We receive the guard over our mouth. We receive the guard over our lips. As David said, I placed a guard over my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In your meditation, I just want you to picture every tooth as a soldier with a, with a lash, a chair, and a machine gun. And every tooth is a guard. Picture your tongue like a lion and somebody's got a chair and a whip trying to tame that tongue. Hallelujah. Thank God we're learning to tame our tongue. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, that's church in itself. Hallelujah. Now you learn something to do at your house. Amen. In the car. In the shower. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 2. Let me just give you a few things tonight. Don't forget this Wednesday, I will be laying the foundation for the book of Romans. Man, I tell you, like the message this morning... I just had the presence of God would just come on me like waves all week. I couldn't wait till this morning. Well, been two weeks. I've just been stirred up about the book of Romans. So I want to encourage you to be here as we started this Wednesday. But I want to read tonight in Revelations chapter 2 verse 8. And the angel of the church of Smyrna write... These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. And a lot of these letters, just, just this is a note too. Holy Spirit wants to remind you, remember I'm alive. When you're going through it, whatever you're going through, no matter what you're going through, always remember that I'm alive. You see, there's a teaching right there. He's going to talk to the most persecuted church in the seven churches. And he's saying, you, got to re you have to remember. Whatever you're going through, you have to remember I'm alive. That I conquered death, hell. He says, These, the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews but are not, but are in the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested and you may have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. The second death is hell. We only die once. We die when we are baptized in water and we become a born-again believer. The old man is dead, the new man comes alive. We never die again. This body sleeps, but then we raise to life. But we never die. But those who do not know Christ, they die a second death, and that's the death of hell. Aren't you glad you're not going there? Aren't you glad that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life? Now, there's some things I want to share with you. This church was one of the most tested uh, churches and uh, it says, there's something interesting. It says you would be tested for 10 days. 
the church, according to all history books, went through persecution for 10 years. It went through persecution for 10 years. Write this down. When Jesus spoke to the church, he says, you're heading towards persecution, but it will be limited. It will be a limited set time, and I will be in control of its time. So I want you to write that down. And in this, there was a bishop over this church. His name was Polycarp. And he was thrown to the lions, but something happened and the lions didn't eat him. So he was 86 years old and they, they burned him at the stake. And they wanted him to deny Christ before they burnt him. And this is what he said. I have served him. And he's never done me wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? And it says, and they wrote that he laughed in joy as he burnt to death. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he was able to go through it. And he knew John. John the Revelator knew him and they had spoken. In fact, I believe he was one of the last bishops that John had spoken to face to face. He gave his life among so many. And in this time, this was a place of great persecution. He said that the troubles, I know thy troubles, they shall be limited. And also, it means there shall be a reversal. Write that down. Troubles are limited and they are reversible. Because it, 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 does, it didn't last and what you're going through won't last. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, I know. I mean, no. Say this. I know. He knows. I know. He knows. You may be here. There was people here this morning. There's people all the time. There's people here tonight. You may, nobody knows, but he knows. Nobody knows what somebody told you when you were walking out the door today to come to church, but he knows. Nobody knows what you have to face tomorrow, what you faced last night, what you faced this last week, but he knows. He knows. I know that he knows. That people don't understand some things. I don't understand everything. But I know that he knows exactly where I am. I may not understand why something didn't happen the way I expected it to. But I know that he knows what's best for me. And I know that he knows how he's going to work it out for my good. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I know that he knows. I know that he knows. When I'm crying alone at night, I know that he knows. When it's total this or total that or the other, I know that he knows. I know that he knows, and that's what he was telling the church. I, I just want you to know that I know what you're going through, tribulation. And verses 8 and 9, he says, don't forget I've conquered the grave and I've conquered death. We're not going to go there because of time, but write down Hebrews 11, 34, 37 through 38. In the hall, great hall of faith, it talks about those who were sawed asunder, those who did not reject Christ, who stayed in faith, who stayed believing. And it talks a great hall of faith of those who were persecuted for Christ's sake. Matthew 6.20 says that we invest treasures in heaven where moth or rust doth not corrupt and thieves do not break in uh, and cannot steal. Verse 9, he talks about false doctrine uh, and about how they cannot tolerate 
false doctrine or anything that is opposite of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the signs of the last times will that there will be many teachings that will not line up with the word of God. But he was bragging on this church. You're going through tribulation. And a lot of the tribulation you're going through is because you will not give in and you will not shake hands with the enemy. And you will not listen to a certain message that's against me just to please man. You will stick with the truth. Now, if you're taking notes, just write notes right quick. What we're going to call this message tonight is a message to the church, the pressure cooker church. Have you ever felt like you're in a pressure cooker? The pressure's on. Have you ever, how many of you ever cooked with a pressure cooker? Your mama did. Huh? When we lived in the jungles, we had to use a pressure cooker for everything because the meat was as tough as you can imagine, especially guan and all that. And so you, gotta put a, you put some different animals in those pressure cookers and you got to make sure that that little thing, when it starts steaming, just starts going. How many had some beans ever explode on you? To get to paint your house coffee color. Amen. But anyway... Pressure cooker. Enemies of our soul try to move in and take the word. Write that down. He says, you're not accepting the uh, false doctrine. Enemies of the soul try, try to come in and, and, and steal from you. Verse 8 says, and the angel says, first the, he, on, it says that these, the first and the last who is dead and came to life. It goes on to say, for I know thy works in tribulation. Verse 10, I'm sorry, verse 10. Do not fear. Write that down. Do not fear. Say it again. Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Now write these things down. Fear none of these things. In the Greek, it means face it boldly. Write this down. Face it boldly. Do not fear any of these things that you are about to suffer. Face it boldly. We may be heading in a new time in this country. As you know, we may be facing some things and we may have to be facing it boldly. There may be things at your job, may be things at school, college, that some of you young people may have to take a stand and face boldly. But he's saying, listen, you may be persecuted, you may go through some suffering, but face it boldly. Um, there's a story about John Knox. How many of you have ever heard of John Knox? Uh, he was a great revivalist in Scotland. He's the one who said, give me Scotland or give me death. And he would confront the queen. One of the things is I was reading about him, and I've read about him before, and I, we heard about him on the uh, Travel Channel, talking about the Travel Channel. They, were, they showed where John Knox was born and where he would confront the queen. He, he would, like Martin Luther, was a revivalist, and he confronted Catholicism. And it says that he, he was uh, chained to an oar on a ship, and he was made to work the oars on this ship. And so the queen told the priest to go downstairs with a statue of Mary and go to him and said, if you will accept Mary, the mother of God, we will unchain you and let you free. And he grabbed the statue of Mary, and he said, Mary, the mother of God, this is a painted piece of wood. And threw it out the window <laughs> into the ocean. And said, that's what I think about your queen's statue of the mother of God. Of course, they didn't unchain him, but he did get free. And he caused a revival. A lot of people are saying, I've heard for years, where are the John Knoxes? Where are the Martin Luthers? Where are the revivalists? Well, where's the persecution? I believe the more the persecution rises in this country... You're going to hear and see some of the greatest men and women of God. I believe you'll see what many of them saw in those times of persecution. You're going to see men and women of God that they won't go around with a lot of these tipsy messages. They're going to go around with true 
words from the throne of God and they are going to point the direction back to God and they will be willing to stand persecution of prison and we must be ready to stand that no matter what because we will not accept that any topic doctrine that is against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Scientology is an occult and we will never get in bed with it. Muslim, we will not get in bed with it. Any type of religion or cult, we will not believe in being one religion and one united, united people. There's only one name given among men, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. And there's going to be persecution for that in this country. And he's saying, don't fear, face it courageously. Don't fear whatever men are, are, are worried about. In other words... Uh, Jesus is talking to the church about dealing with pressure, persecution. The word tribulation means pressure. Write that down. The word tribulation means pressure. It means affliction. It means persecution. Jesus gave the story about the parable of the sower, that they heard the word, but they didn't have any root in it. A lot of people hear the word, but they don't have any root in it. And what comes along to see if we have root is persecution. And it says, because they were offended, they were persecuted, they gave way. The devil wants to steal the word. He says, he that overcomes, the devil's a thief and he wants to steal your crown. He wants, to, he wants to steal your victory. And so he comes with different things to try to make us back off of the word, back off of faith, back off of trust, back off of the anointing, back off of being bold, back off of being courageous. Someone complimented me in a very nice way today at the restaurant and said, Pastor, uh, you are not politically correct. Well, praise God, that is a very good compliment. I am not politically correct. In fact, sometimes I'm far from politically correct. But the thing about it is, is that we believe the truth. And God give us wisdom and help us in the area. But we cannot back off. No matter what persecution comes, you do not back off from the truth. They cannot prove it in the Word of God. You do not back off from the Word of truth. No matter how close you are to them, no matter how much you love them, no matter how much they tell you they love you, you do not back off of the truth in any way. Amen. Pressure produced by opposing circumstances. Things that try to move you off of the Word of God. Things that the devil, setups that the devil try to build to try to pull you down. Get off the Word. How many know that if we get off the Word, we get frail and we get fragile and we get easily broken? We need to pray that we do. He said, pray that you fall not into temptation. Temptations that come in different areas, so we have to be careful because the devil wants to steal our crown, which speaks of authority and quality of life. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 12, and let me just give you a few points here using Christ as the, the, the true example of how to stay strong no matter what. What kept Christ strong? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. How many of you know we've been dealing with sin for five weeks in a row? So, hallelujah. How many know we're, getting, we're stripping it off? Amen. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance. Somebody shout out endurance. endurance. We're going to see this word three times. Endurance, the race that was set before us. Verse 2, here we go. How do you stand up under pressure? Looking unto Jesus, Jesus as the example, 
the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, somebody shout out for the joy. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You want to talk about endurance? Despising the shame. And has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3 says, For considered him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and disengaged in your souls, discouraged in your souls, you have not yet resisted to blood, striving against sin. So I want to just share a few things out of this tonight. How to stand the pressure. And verse 4 says something very interesting. He says, if you think you've been under pressure, you don't know what pressure is until you sweat drops of blood. I don't know how much more I can take. He told him, what you're going through is going to be limited because you know that I know how much you can take. Paul even gave it to us through Revelation. I won't, put, I won't put more on you than you can stand. And he's teaching us here in the book of Hebrews that if we're going to stand the pressures of the time, the pressures of life, the setups of the enemy to try to tear us down and, the, and, and, and come against us and bombard our mind with sin that so easily besets us and all these other things, look unto Jesus who he went through. He endured the drops of blood. He endured, listen now, he endured the shame. Can you imagine God, he became flesh and all, that he emptied himself of all of his glory and took on the form of a human, the form of a slave and allowed his own creation to treat him and, and mock him and, and beat him and torment him. And he endured it all. And I'll tell you why in a minute that will help you. He endured the shame. Why? Write this down. It says, for the joy set before him. And let me give you some points here. So many, so many times... We are tempted to quit. And how many times do you know we quit right before the manifestation of what we've been believing God for? Pastor, how can I endure? It says endure three times. How can I endure? What well, gives us the answer here about Jesus. Why, how did Jesus endure the crucifixion, the lashings, the mocking, the shame? How did he endure all that? He had a revelation of the end. And when you have a heartfelt revelation of the end, you can go through the now. For example, he knew as he was going through the whips in his body, the 39 stripes, when they opened him up from his face down to his feet, he endured that knowing that he was going to take the keys out of Satan's hand. As they nailed the nails in his hands and feet and made him walk uh, uh, along the Via Dolorosa with the cross on his back, he knew that in just a few hours he was going to raise from the grave and conquer hell, death, and destruction. As they pulled his beard and they spat in his face and they mocked and said, if you be the Son of God, come down and then we'll believe in you. He was able to endure everything that he endured because he knew the end and was able to overcome the present. And you and I, we've got to have it in our heart. We've got to take a meditation break and we just got to have it in our heart that no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what you're going through with the child, you've got to see the end and not the present. What you're going through in, what we're going through in this nation, what you're going through in your marriage, what you're going through in your health, what you're going through in your finances... It, the pressure, the pressure cooker, it makes you look inside. 
where faith helps you to see the finished product. And it says Jesus was able to endure for the joy of knowing what was coming. Maybe you've seen some of these movies where they're torturing somebody. And they get to such a point, an adrenaline rush, they start laughing. And they go, you can't hit harder than that? You can't do more than that? And they get such adrenaline rush that all of a sudden, instead of hurting so much by the pain, they're able to conquer the pain because they get this adrenaline rush. Well, what gave Jesus the joy that, and the satisfaction to be able to conquer the, what he was going through and endure was because he was knowing, wait a minute, I'm going to be the firstborn among the dead. If I just endure this for a little while, if I just hold on for a little while and endure this suffering, this shame, this persecution, if I just endure everything I'm going through right now, I'm going to accomplish something because in just a little while, and after nine hours, after nine hours of hanging on the cross, I'm going to be able to shout the words that's been in my spirit from the foundation of the world. If I could just hold on, they're mocking me right now, they're persecuting me right now, but I'm getting ready to open my mouth and I'm going to pull up upon the nails and I'm going to shout the words, it is finished. That's going to cause the veil in the temple to rip. That's going to cause the foundations to quake. That's going to cause the rocks to break. I'm getting ready to shout the words that's going to make the devil shrill. I'm getting ready to shout the word that's going to make the saints in purgatory start dancing. That they're getting ready to ascend to heaven and glory. I'm getting ready to shout the words. If I just hold on. If I just resist the temptation. If I just resist the sin. If I just resist the problem. If I just resist quitting, if I just hold on, I may say in a moment, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But yet I start thinking about the joy of going to Lucifer and telling Lucifer, you bow right now and putting my foot upon that devil's head and taking the keys of the kingdom. He was able, he was able to endure because he saw the end in the middle of it. How many of you ladies can say amen about that? Come on, have you ever had a baby? Shout amen, because I have it. I just had my bones in my hand crushed as she squeezed it. Have you ever had a baby? Did you have to think about that nursery that's all decorated and everybody bragging about how beautiful your little monkey is? Or like a friend of mine said in Argentina, if it's thrown up in the air, if it's a bat, we'll shoot it. <laughs> but did you have to think about the finished product where you felt like everything inside of you, whatever you were feeling, came to explain it. But you knew you had to go through it. And then all of a sudden, when you heard the wah smile came to your face your fangs went back up into your teeth <laughs> and you were able to name that precious child I love that song when he was upon that cross I was on his mind and he endured because he saw you he saw your face he saw the day as a child or as an adult you walk the aisle, and you invited Jesus into your heart and your Savior, and he says, I'm not getting off of this cross. Come down off of that cross. I'm not getting off of that cross. Why aren't you coming off of that cross? I see millions of faces. And if I come down off this cross, there's a few who will accept me as Messiah, but there's coming a day 
where I'm going to be on my throne. And they're going to be every tongue and every tribe and nation. It's just not going to be the Israelites, but it's going to be people who've never even heard of me who are going to get around my throne and they're going to place their crowns at my feet and they're going to worship me and they adore me and everybody who truly believes in me from their heart is going to be around my throne. So tell me to come down. I'm not coming down because I see a people in Pineville. I see a people in central Louisiana who are going to love me and serve me no matter what. That's how you endure tribulation. That's how you endure and you don't quit. Because there's always the temptation to quit. 18 years on the mission field. I bet we thought about quitting five times a day. And many times the enemy would tell, it's not worth it. And when we get phone calls that our loved ones have passed away, many of them, cousins, uncles, grandparents, parents, and the devil tells you, is it worth it? You got to think about the faces. You know where they are. The dead's buried the dead. You got to think about the faces that are going to, who are accepting and will accept Christ. You got to think of the finished work and not the now. It's so easy in the pressure to look at the now. But Jesus endured looking at the end. You've got to see buildings on this property here. You've got to see the buildings and the platforms and the technology here. And the parking and the orphans and the housing for the elderly and you got to see all of that. I walk down these aisles during the day and I might have got a phone call with some bad news or somebody quit or somebody's mad or whatever or anything like that. You got to walk down these aisles and you got to see yourself walking in the new children's facility and taking the elevator to go upstairs and think about these little children riding the elevator in wheelchairs or crutches because they can't climb the stairs. So we got elevators for them to go up to the second and third floor and closed-in basketball court and children worshiping and praising God by the thousands and the youth on fire. You got to think about a place where there's orphans, where children who would never have a place to eat or or even like right now, somebody wrote me a letter that that there's like... uh, 30% of the population of Pineville uh, go hungry, children and elderly. And and they said they want to be a part, want to see if others want to be a part of helping feed. And and, and so when, when when you get tempted to quit... You just start all of a sudden in the pressure and thinking it's not worth it and why go through it and, and why continue in it. But then you've got to start looking at the end. You don't look at the now. You don't listen to the now. You listen to the end. You listen to where, like that song that Ray Bolt sang. Somebody comes up to you in heaven and they go, thank you. Thank you when you gave that money to that missionary. Thank you when you told me about Jesus. Thank you when you ministered love to me. Thank you when you prayed for me. Thank you when you gave me attention and nobody else was. Thank you when you gave me that hug when I felt like giving up. Thank you. You got to think about those type of things. And that way, when you're going through it, you just keep on going. And you keep on going. And you keep on going. And you're carrying the cross. 
and you're following Jesus and everybody's saying, why don't you quit? Why don't you just get a regular job? Why don't you quit going to church? Why are you going to set yourself up again? You know you're going to get hurt again. You know you're going to get used again. You know you're going to be misused again. You know you're going to be misunderstood again. You know where you went to the last church and they hurt you there and you had another church and they hurt you there and you're going to this church and this church ain't going to be any different and, 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 and you know what? People's people and that's right. But you know what? I'm not looking at the church where I was. I'm not looking at word of grace. I'm looking at Jesus Christ who is the author and the finisher of my faith. People are going to be people and things are going to happen but there's somebody who endured for me and if he endured for me in the midst of such hostility and shame and pain I am willing to endure for him. I am willing to endure for him who endured it all and I haven't sweat drops of blood. I have not had crown of thorns upon my head. I've not been whipped. I've not been incarcerated. I have not gone through those things. So if Christ be for me, who and what can be against me? I'm going to look at the end product. I'm going to look at the finished product. I'm going to look into the future. My future's in my future. My future's in my future. My future's in my future. It's not in the now. It's in the future. Mm. Glory be to God. He was thinking, I'm going to have the joy of defeating the devil. That every drop of blood that's fallen right now is going to live forever. My blood lives forever to crush the power of the enemy and the curse. I'm going to be given a name by my Father, which is a name above every name. He looked at the finished work of redemption. Eyes on the end of God's planned purpose. It was revealed in Jesus' heart. You've got to keep it in focus. You've got to keep it in focus. Well, you know, I want to I, I quit nursery. Why? Because I got my feelings hurt. I want to quit the sound ministry. Why? I got my feelings hurt. I want to quit the worship team. Why? Because I got my feelings hurt. I want to quit this ministry. Why? Because I got my feelings hurt. Focus on the one who endured. Things far worth worse than the look somebody gave you not even a word just a look and you're ready to quit over a look oh I'm preaching now you're ready to quit over an email a sarcastic a sarcastic word and you're ready to quit consider him Endured such things that we can never, never imagine. The scars we will see personally. Consider Him. Keep Him in your focus. His joy was in knowing that He was going to win. Our joy is knowing that we're pilgrims passing through this earth. That the United States of America is not heaven. That whatever happens, happens. But it's not our end. I got a mansion right over the river of life. I got eternity and glory. So whatever happens, this home ain't, this earth ain't my home. In fact, it's going to be rebuilt and then I'm, we're going to be in charge. We're going to be in charge and we're all going to live in our own White Houses, mansions. And we're going to rule and reign with Christ Jesus. 
and nobody's going to change the law. He looked for it, not our depression, but joy. How does joy come? Write this down. Joy comes by focusing on the promise that God gave you. Focusing on the promises that God gave you. Think about the completion of His promise. You're not healed yet, but keep thinking about the promise that He gave you, that by His stripes you are healed. Because if not, it's easy to just want to quit. He's going to open up things to your understanding, things that eye has not seen nor ear heard, or the things that God has prepared for you. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you that you haven't seen yet, and then keep, keep that in your focus. How many of the Holy Ghost will blow you away? If you would have told me, next month makes 10 years, if you would have told me 10 years ago when my dad was on his deathbed on oxygen, and sometimes we had eight people in a service, and I went eight months with no salary, having to go out and preach while my wife preached. And the different things that were going on in that little building across from Cheeks Marine at the very beginning. People got mad and took their instruments and left. And God telling us to leave Argentina. If you had told me then that we'd be in this awesome, awesome place, live on the internet, heading towards cable, touching lives and having people come and tell you things about their life. If I would have really seen everything I see now, it would have been a lot easier. Sometimes I did. A lot of times I didn't. A lot of times I saw what was happening then. But as we grow and we get older and we learn things, we start seeing things, you stop looking at the present, you start looking in the future. If I would have quit, I would have never known you. I would have never met you. Never would have been able to walk through things with you. We would have never seen the things that are going to be accomplished, accomplished. Don't you quit and don't you give up. The joy. Never would have met Sister Terry and seen all the trips all over the country. Thank God she's gone where I don't have to go. The Holy Spirit will show you things and speak about things. You've got to think about them. You've got to see people in revival. You have to see people saved. You have to see uh, family saved. Laughter and joy comes in the morning. Just keep believing through the night. James 1, 2, we won't go there. It says, count it all joy. How many of you know that? Count it all joy. When you go through, in the Greek, affliction, hardships, trials, and pressure. When all these things happen to you, count it all joy. How can I count this joy? Look at the finished product. My husband told me that if I went to church tonight, he won't be here when I get back, and he, I won't see him till tomorrow night. Count it a joy and see your husband sitting next to you in church praising God. Count it a joy that if you don't have a husband right now, that you got a husband sitting. That someone tell me this morning, pray for me a husband. Boy, I hear that all the time. Uh, boy, if I had a dollar for every person I'd pray, a husband or for a wife, man, I tell you what, I'd be in pretty good shape. But listen, anyway, let me just share with you. Just see it. See him as a gentleman, loving Jesus, asking you, instead of cussing you out, asking you. What was that scripture you read to me? See the finished product. Count it all joy. And verse 3 says, think on these things. Know these things. Faithfulness means faith plus patience. Write that down. Faithfulness means faith plus patience. Constant on what you believe. I'm just going through this real quick. Constant on what you believe. Look with me in uh, 
2 Corinthians 1, 3. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Constant on what you believe. How many see an awesome marriage? How many see yourself out of debt? How many see living an awesome life? How many see that you are happy living your life? Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tables of stone, but on tables of the flesh, that is the heart. And we have such trust. No, that's a good scripture, boy. I love that, but I'm in the wrong place. Okay, but boy, that was good. Y'all go back there. That was chapter 3, verse 1. That was good. I think I might preach that next week. That was good. <laughs> man, I, that was anointed just reading that, and I'm not even, man, hallelujah. You see how I can just float all over the place, and the Holy Spirit just brings you back, hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I got to say, He's my God and Father. The Father of mercies, and God of all. Somebody say all. Comfort. Say it again, all. Comfort. Look at verse 4, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with we ourselves are comforted by God. Woo! All comfort. Say that, all comfort. Tribulation, the pressure, the persecution, the trials. Comforting others in the pressure cooker while you're still in the pressure cooker. Did you hear the secret of success? Staying around, talking, loving people when you're going through hell yourself. Praying for somebody's problems when you need somebody to pray for yours. Listening to somebody's problems when you need somebody to listen to yours. Encouraging somebody not to quit when you just said 15 minutes ago, I feel like quitting. Oh, this is good. Helping others in the pressure cooker when you feel like you're in the pressure cooker too and the pressure and the tribulation and it's pressing down on you and I don't feel like nobody loves me but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to that church tonight and though I don't feel like nobody loves me I'm going to go around everybody I can I'm going to tell them, hey, I love you in the love of the Lord. God bless you in the name of Jesus and what you feel like you're not getting you give to others because what you sow you reap. That's what that word means, to comfort others with the comfort that we've been comforted with. Amen? You give and it'll come back to you. But you know, it's difficult at times to give comfort when you don't feel comforted. I started thinking back, and we talk about a lot of our stories, but you know, it was hard to go to the bathroom when the whole time you check, you're looking for big old black scorpions and snakes. You go to the outhouse there in the jungles and there's 70 different snakes in, in Central America and some of them kill you in three, three minutes or three seconds, something like that. And you don't see them at nighttime. It's hard to get comfortable. <laughs> you don't want to get comfortable. 
you graduate to where you don't have to go hold the flashlight anymore. Or like where in, in our main village, my wife used to have to go behind the trees and she'd hear the jaguars. And you can't, there's no street lights, there wasn't electricity. It was just the flashlight. It's hard to get comfortable like you'd like to get comfortable. But you push through and you make it. That didn't go right, but I didn't mean it like that. Y'all are bad. Who laughed first? You laughed first. I didn't mean it that way. Oh, oh, man. Look, Lord, I, you, we're not on internet, are we? Oh, no, we got to change it. We got to change that. Oh, God. Oh. I didn't... Nah. It'd be on the blooper tape. I think we got more of them than anything else anyway. But his merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But anyway, in those conditions, it was so hard. In different conditions, it was so hard to get comfortable. That's when you learn to pray. That's when you learn to pray and close your eyes. Nobody sees you if you got your eyes closed. That was a missionary rule. That was a joke among the missionaries. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that you may never get totally comfortable before you have to start comforting others. And you wonder, you know, how am I going to be able to reach out? How am I going to be able to minister? How am, you know, how am I ever going to help people if I'm always in a mess, Pastor? It's because you just be a messy helper. You just help them. Even while you're in the mess. You're sick and dying of the same thing, but you still keep reaching out. And the more you give, the more you're going to receive good measured, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The more you hurt, the more you need to love and reach out to hurting people. Whatever persecution or trouble you're going through, you find somebody going through that same thing, and the Father in heaven is going to rejoice over you and get ready to promote you because promotion doesn't come from the west or east, it comes from God. So you just go ahead and just press through. Amen? Amen. John chapter 14, 26, and then I'll, I'll close. Y'all messed me up, and I got off my train of thought here. Boy, I, I wish y'all grow up. <laughs> John 14, 26, look at this. <laughs> John 14, 26. How can I do it? Here we go. You there? But the helper, capital H, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Then he says, Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, so do I you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There he says, like he did in the book of Revelation. Now you need to write this down. While you're in the pressure cooker, while you're going through all the things, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he will show you things to come. 
And then if you allow him to, when you're going through the darkest time of your life, he will bring those things back to remembrance. And those things will give you the umph you need to continue going. When you're in the pressure and you're in the tribulation, it's so easy to look at what you're going through and what things look like. But if you remember everything the Holy Spirit has already showed you, what the Holy Spirit has showed you, and so many times you hear people say, Pastor, I got prophecies over my child when they were this age, and I have prophecies about this, and I have prophecies and words about this. When's it going to come to pass? Oh, God, strengthen your heart, saint. Don't give up and don't even talk like that. You just remember the Holy Spirit will remind you that when uh, the doctors say this, the Holy Spirit says, but remember what I told you I was going to do with him. When the, uh, when the world reminds you about that, you just just remember the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance what he promised you he was going to do about that and what he was going to do about this he says look I'm not leaving you comfortless the helper I'm going to send you the helper who's going to teach you reveal to you enlighten you then when you're going through it he's going to remind you the things that he has taught you and he's revealed to you the things that are going to have to come to pass because he's working on the same frequency with God the Father and God the Son and he is God the Holy Spirit and he is present with you and around you and in you and so when you're going through it you just make sure you back up a little bit and stop looking at the now and you just let the Holy Spirit start revealing didn't I say that you'll preach to nations didn't I say you'll preach to the multitude didn't I say you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you're not going to die but you're going to live you hear me Job you're not going to die you're going to live the devil asked for you and I wanted to prove to him that I've got some who will say, say, love me and serve me no matter what the cost is and in the middle of tribulation they're going to be praising me and they're going to believe in me and they're going to trust me and they're not going to break down and they're not going to break apart but I'm going to remind them in the midst of the trial what I promised them years ago I'm going to remind them that I'm ever with them and that I'm there to comfort them. And as I have comforted them, they will be able to comfort others. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. He teaches you, then he reminds you to put in your mind. He's the source of all good things. He'll put pressure. Listen, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Amen. Talking about the pressure cooker. He'll teach you and remind you. Instead of you feeling the pressure, he'll help you put the pressure on the pressure. He'll help you trouble the troubles. And he'll put pressure on the pressure. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And I got right here, you know, people, how I many know, I know none of you do it, but how many you know people drink to escape? Well, how many you know we got a new wine that while we're going through the tribulation, we can escape? We got an escape. Some people say, man, I need some beers or some wine so I can just relax and just forget about it all. And I see some people nodding very enthusiastically there, calm down. Well, I want you to know we got a new wine. That you get a hold of this wine when you're going through the pressure. And how many of you know you can get drunk to the point in the Holy Ghost, just like a drunk man, to where you don't even know where you are, you don't care what people think, and you don't matter what's going on. They can slap you and you can look at them and laugh. You've ever seen a drunk person? They just, oh, you can slap them, you can make fun of them, and they'll just laugh along with you and you can't even offend them well you could get that way in the Holy Ghost you get that way in the Holy Ghost and I'll finish we used to tell this story in Mexico where one time there was this rat cat that always chased this rat and this rat would run and get behind the little hole in the wall and he would he would breathe so heavy and he was so tired and one day he ran away from the cat and he ran through that little hole and he was breathing so heavy and he was going oh I'm so thirsty I'm so thirsty and he saw something dripping so he went and opened his mouth and it, it was some tequila and so he opened his mouth and he was drinking that tequila and when he ran into that hole he was going oh I'm so 
scared. Oh, I'm so frightened. Oh, I'm so thirsty. But after drinking that tequila, the little rat stood up, poked his chest down and says, Donde está el gato? Where's the cat? Where's the cat? Where's the cat? Well, I want you to know, when you start drinking from the helper, which is the Holy Ghost and the comforter, you start saying, where is the devil? Come on, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. You start taking hold of that new wine and you start saying praise God hallelujah come on devil you are not going to bring me down you're not going to defeat me you're not going to kill me you're not going to destroy me where's that devil where's that devil I've got the promise I've got the promise and the devil's not going to make me down go ahead and stand up and let's praise the Lord hallelujah glory be to God hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, did you get something out of this tonight? Well, don't quit praising God. You know, if you get quiet, you're just telling me to keep preaching. So y'all need to get loud, so, you know, because I went overtime tonight, but praise God, hallelujah. Woo! Just raise your hands and just take some drinks right now. Take some of that new wine, hallelujah. Let the comforter, let the helper just remind you of the promises and let you see clearly into the future. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at you neighbor and say, don't you quit. I'm not quitting. I'm going to endure. I'm going to endure. We're going to endure. We're going to endure. We're going to endure through the helper and the comforter. We're going to endure. We're going to endure. We're going to endure. We're not going back. We're not quitting. We're not going back. You've already taken a step forward. Keep walking with the master. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Can you praise Him tonight? Can you praise Jesus tonight? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Dear sis, keep that vision. Let's do it. Let's get involved with schools and let's feed the hungry. Let's make sure those children don't go to bed without eating. Let's make sure those elderly don't go to bed. You said you've been hungry. You've gone through things. I read your testimony. Let's do it. Find out what you got to find out. Let's make sure that the kids can eat more than just at school, like you said. Let's see what we can do. Look in the future. Look in the future. We're standing here this week. Y'all see the new screens? We've got two new screens. We're already... Looking at new lights up here and building and paying that property off in the name of Jesus. We're looking in the future. Looking in the future. Seeing you and your family blessed and revived, satisfied. Surely goodness and mercy. Father, bless your people. Lord, bless Sister Jeannie tomorrow and bless Brother Floyd this week. Bless those who are going and preparing for different things. Thank you for the immunity of sickness and disease. 
Favor the spirit of revelation, knowledge, and revival alive within even our marrow of our bones. Thank you that the power of sin and the power of the devil is broken over us. Thank you for the sweet spirit of victory. Thank you for the spirit that's alive within us. Lord, I bless you and I thank you for these precious people. Thank you for those listening by internet. I thank you for those who put up with me and look beyond me to see you. Because you said you choose the foolish things to confound the wise. And Lord, I thank you that we're not here to be superstars. We're here to see you. I thank you for lives being touched. Signs and wonders being done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus Christ. We think there's not one sick or feeble among us in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, as champions tonight. That even though we're surrounded by trials and pressure, you're building us up through it. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. We love you. We bless you. Don't forget Tuesday night's intercession. Wednesday night, Romans. Thursday night, ladies' mentoring. Look for Friday and Saturday, different things going on. Hug and neck, tell somebody you love them. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.